Good morning, Church on the Rock. All right, so uh, first service, we had much fewer than this, and they were louder than y'all. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, my name is Rashad Cuttingham. I'm the pastor here at Church on the Rock, one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock, because we have one being ordained today. Amen, somebody. So I am one of two. Take all your problems to him. Bring all your praise reports to me. All right. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, we are so excited for you to be here to start this new series with us. It's been an amazing start to the year, and I think God has placed something on my heart for everybody. Uh, we do the good morning, Rashad, to make sure you're engaged and you're actually here with us. Uh, even at 11 o'clock, people can be tired, can be not really here and energized. So please, when we say good morning, Church on the Rock, you say good morning, Rashad. Let me know that you're here with me and you're ready to rock with me. So good morning, Church on the Rock. My man, Ryan, Ryan got my back. Ryan got my back. So, hey, uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 today. We're starting a new series called Complete It. Complete It. And we're going to be talking a lot about our identity in Christ. I want to read through the verses first, and then we'll, we'll kind of break it down and just walk. We may get through the entire thing. We may not. We're going to let God deal with that. We're simply going to be faithful to his word this morning. So, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 Verses 9 through 14, it's up on the screen if you need it. If not, um, uh, you should be able to find it here shortly. But I'm going to read it off the screen in case you're, uh, you're following with me. So it says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The next verse says, So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. So I actually want to start out with prayer. Go back to verse 9 for me, Leah. I want to start off with prayer, and I want, before I pray, I want to kind of explain some context here of how we got to where we're at. So when you see a verse start out with therefore or for this reason or because of this, that means the context means something in the verse, in the chapter. Uh, when he says for this reason, your, your natural question should be for what reason? Like, what is the reason that he's talking about? So when he opens up this chapter, he's writing to this church that's very similar to our church. Uh, it's a lot of new believers. This church was planted by a man named Epaphras. So it's a church that Paul has never actually met before, kind of like he's never met, you know, Church on the Rock before. There were new believers, and there was a lot of things going on in the church. So on a positive note, this, was, this is what was going on. Um, they had great faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they loved each other very well. Matter of fact, they loved each other so well that people heard about their love far, far away, including Paul. So he's saying, because I've heard about your love and because of your faith in Jesus Christ, for this reason, since the day we heard about your love, since the day we heard about your faith, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I want to stop right here real quick. Uh, church family, uh, guests, community, whoever you are that is here this morning, we're grateful to have you 
in, in this house, in God's house. But I want you to understand something. Um, my prayer this morning for you is that not just today, but forever, you are filled with the knowledge of God's will for you, okay? My prayer is that you are uh, filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You see, there's a worldly wisdom that you can be filled with, even when reading the Bible. Uh, you can have a worldly approach to reading the Bible where it's just a textbook or a history book, and you're really just learning what it says, but nothing's really working on inside of you because you don't have spiritual wisdom, a wisdom from God, or an understanding for the application of that wisdom. Um, my prayer this morning is that you actually allow what we're going to talk about to be filled up inside of you so that you can deal with what life throws your direction. And I say that because of this. What we're dealing with today in, in, in this next three weeks with the series called Completed um, is your identity in Christ, in a sense, uh, for you to know who you are. We just sang the song, I am who you say I am, right? But a lot of us live a life that says, I am who they say I am. You know what I mean? Um, because of this, we're, we're broken and um, we're ashamed and we're defeated because we don't know what the word says we are. We only know what the world says we are. So I really want you to pray this prayer with me because um, this, is, this is the reason people quit. This is when you're dealing with suicide of a Christian, it's because they don't understand who they are. When you're dealing with brokenness in the marriages and, and, and parenting and, and all that, all abortions, all that stuff, it's, it's you not understanding who God says you are and who that child is. or all, all these things come and stem from a lack of spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I wanted to open up with this context because I want you to understand that this, without flash and any of that, these words should be life-changing for you, the believer, and for you, the non-believer, they should be more, more of what grabs you and convinces you that God um, has something special waiting on you if you would just receive his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. So please, just bow our heads real quick. I want to pray really quick over the scripture. Uh, Father, we thank you this morning for gathering us. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you uh, for scriptures that you reveal yourself in. We ask this morning that the hearts are touched by you, Father. We ask that my words that have no power in them are given power because of you. Um, Father, please give us the privilege to know your son, Jesus Christ, and to have the spiritual wisdom and understanding to apply this to our lives so that we may live boldly for the kingdom. It is in your precious son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. That's a very important prayer. Because this is what we're going to be dealing with. I'm going to try to give you knowledge, wisdom, and understanding through my words that will only come to be that if God blesses these words for you. So ignore me, okay? Um, I'm the vessel. I am simply the, the, the one he's using to reach out to you. Pay attention to the words and really let it work on your heart this morning. Verse 10, he goes on. He says, um, so that you will walk. So this is why he wants you to have the knowledge of God's will. This is why he wants you to have all wisdom and understanding, so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, this walk is not a moonwalk, all right? It's not, it's not like, yo, this, you know, I'm walking like I'm worthy of the Lord. It's not that kind of walk. 
It's your life, right? When the Jewish used the word walk, they used it in the sense of your life so that you live a life that is worthy of the Lord, so that you live your life in a way that is worthy of Christ dying on the cross for you. He wants you to have spiritual understanding, spiritual wisdom, so that you live a life that is worthy of somebody dying on the cross for you, um, pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He goes on in the next verse. He says, I want you to be strengthened. This is his prayer. I want you to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness or endurance and patience. So he also wants you to not just have this wisdom, not just have this knowledge, this understanding, but to, to be able to put it into practice so that when you come across tragic situations, you can endure or be steadfast. And when you come across tragic people and personalities, you can be patient. Some of us don't live in that way. As soon as, you know, they say everybody has a plan until you get hit. You come in here every Sunday, and you, I'm a child of God, yes I am, and I'm not a slave of fear, and all this stuff, and you shouting and you rejoicing, and then life comes and cracks you in the mouth. He's saying if you have spiritual wisdom, if you have spiritual understanding, you'll be able to smile through that. You'll be able to take one on the chin and say, come again, because all of my foundation, all my wisdom, all my hope, all my joy is in Christ and Christ alone, so I'm walking in a manner worthy. I'm not scared of what the world can do to me, because the most you can do is kill me, and he conquered death. So what happens is, he says, I want you to be strengthened with all power, God's power. You see, that's the difference. Many of us Many of us try to be patient with people on our power. Many of us try to endure tragic situations in our power. And when we try to do that, we fail because you are not capable of doing that. You don't have the strength, the power to do that, the will or any of that. It's, it has to be God's power. So he's praying that you have God's glorious might for the attaining of endurance and patience. Keep going. Joyously, look at this, giving thanks to the Father. So not just having that patience, not just having that perseverance, not just having that endurance, but doing it joyously, where you're not gritting your teeth. You ever had somebody that you were being patient with, but the whole time you really wasn't being patient? <laughs> and now we've asked you guys to start serving together, right? We've asked you to come along, and you don't pick who you serve with. See, a lot of us, we got bubbles. So the people we allow in our bubbles, it's easy to be patient with them. It's our child, it's our spouse, it's our family. The family's not always easy, but, you know, like... It's people that we've allowed in our bubbles that we can't be patient with. But what happens when you do something like you start serving at a church and there's people of all demographics, all opinions, all, all backgrounds, and, and this person doesn't serve the way you would serve, this person doesn't clean the way you would clean or teach the way that you would teach, and you're stepping on each other's toes, he says, I need you to have the power of God to not choke somebody in ministry, right? <laughs> so he says... And as a result, we'll be giving a joyous thanks to the Father. And this is kind of where we begin the section we're going to be in. Giving thanks to the Father who has, if you're taking notes, circle this word, qualified us. You see that? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Now let's talk about this word qualified in the Greek. In the Greek, the word qualified means to be made fit. Right? So let's start with the gospel. You by yourself are unqualified for the kingdom. I need you to understand that. I know you're cute. That's all right. 
I know you come from a great lineage and a great family. I know your mama brought you to church every single Sunday. I know you didn't read the Bible three, four times, but you by yourself are unqualified. You are unfit for the kingdom. I don't care your color, your age, your gender, your, I don't care any of that stuff. You are unqualified. Help me preach. Help me preach. Thank you. Thank you. You're unqualified. By yourself, you are not fit for the kingdom. You're not fit for the inheritance. You're not fit to be in heaven. You're unqualified. So Paul says, we give thanks to the Father who is what? Who has qualified us. My first point is this. We are completely recognized. Completely recognized. First car I bought on my own was uh, 2000 something. I can't remember. JD Byrider. Anybody been to JD Byrider? I'm the only one? Man. <laughs> Dang. Oh, thank you. Somebody, thank you. Thank you. JD Byrider. Y'all know anything about JD Byrider? Anybody can get a car from JD Byrider because it's, it's just whack, right? I walk in there and I see this Ford Escort. And my, my wife is like, don't do it. And I'm like, whatever, woman, you don't know what you're talking about. Bad. That, hey, that's pre-Christ, okay? Pre-Christ. I get in there, and he's talking me up. It's this little, I'm a big dude, and this little Ford Escort, little two-door Ford Escort, but it's got a radio in it and a nice little system. That's all that mattered to me at the time. So I get down, and I sit in front of him. He's like, Rashad. We ready to go. All you got to do is sign this paper so we can run your credit. So I signed that piece of paper, Rashad Cunningham. Uh, he took it and he went to the back and he came back to the front and he goes, sir, you're unqualified. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean I'm unqualified? He's like, your past decisions, your past choices, uh, the statement says delinquent in a whole lot of areas. Uh, you don't have the credit or the qualifications. We don't recognize you as a car buyer. <laughs> you're unqualified. So Brittany was like, mm, 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 that's too bad. And I'm looking at my wife like, well, what about your credit? Like, what's your credit look like? She's sitting there like, well, based on your credit, why would I want you on my credit? Like, we ain't even married yet, bro. Like, you, you know what I mean? Um, but nevertheless, she signed the paper, mm, mm, Brittany, mm, mm, mm. And they took her paper back. And when they came back to the front, Brittany was qualified, right? As a result of Brittany signing that piece of paper, they ignored my past, they ignored my history, they ignored me being delinquent, and they looked at my wife's name and said, based on her name, you're qualified. They no longer saw me, Rashad Cunningham, with the bad credit and the bad history. Instead, they saw my wife with the good credit and the good history. This is how God has made you qualified. Think about that. You see, you got a history of delinquent bills, bad decisions. You owe all kinds of debt. I mean, you're born in debt, right? You're born as a sinner. What's the debt for sin? Death, right? But because of what Christ did on the cross, when you allow him to be your cosigner, you're qualified. You are recognized. 
You're allowed a share of the inheritance of the kingdom. Go back to that verse for me, Leah. On that verse, he says this. He says, uh, no, no, for, uh, 12, 12. Give me 12. Give me 12. 1, 2, 3, 12. Boom. All right. Give it thanks to the Father who has qualified us to, look, share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That inheritance is heaven, right? Think about this right here. Think about this. God through Christ has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the good people, of the holy people. That word saints means set apart, means put aside, consecrated, sanctified, holy is the same Greek word for saints there. God has made you holy through what Christ did on the cross. You are qualified. You are recognized. It's just like when I walk into Planet Fitness. Anybody got a Planet Fitness membership? Anybody Planet Fitness? All right, all right. You know how if you pay the 20 bucks for Planet Fitness, then you can bring whoever you want in there with you, right? And, and even though they don't have a membership and shouldn't have access to the promised land, uh, Planet Fitness is a promised land. <laughs> but you get where I'm going, right? They shouldn't have access. They shouldn't be recognized to go into Planet Fitness and use the weights and have all the benefits of a Planet Fitness. But because I paid the price, y'all catching? Y'all supposed to be like, ooh, amen. All right, forget you. All right, context, context. All right, all right. All right. Because I paid the price. The, thank you. Thank you. Man, I'm just trying to grow us here. You all right? No, no. But because I paid the price. Uh, as a result, when my daughter comes with me, though she doesn't have a membership, because of her being in relation to me, because I've already paid the price, she gets in and gets the same benefits that I have. This is what it looks like to be qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Jesus died so you could have the benefits that you shouldn't have. You don't deserve the inheritance. It's all based on his son. My grandma passed away um, in 2008, my, my biological grandma, Grandma Crawford. My biological father didn't have a whole lot to do with me. I didn't really know the man that much. Met him twice in my whole life, one time while Brittany was pregnant with Genesis, a second time on his deathbed. Uh, so I don't have a very good relationship or memory with my father. Uh, so when my grandma died, she had a house that they, they end up selling. My family, the Crawford side of my family, they end up selling the house. Uh, when they sold the house, they reached out to me and said, you're going to get some of this inheritance. I said, well, how? Because I barely know the Crawford side of my family. They said, well, you're the son of Richard Crawford. It doesn't matter how much you knew or how much you didn't know, how much you was around, how much you wasn't around. Because of your relationship with the son, y'all catch that? I'm working on y'all today. Because of your relationship with the son, you receive a part of the inheritance. You're recognized based on your relationship with the son. Think about this. And it works really good for this illustration because I get it. I get it. You believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you really meant it when you did it. But now you're questioning whether or not you're qualified or whether or not he will recognize you because you're messing up every so now and then, right? And these Christian folks, they keep reminding you of how unqualified you are. They keep telling you that tattoo, right? They keep telling you that Michigan jersey that you're preaching in, right? Thank you. Brittany got me. They keep telling you all these things. Like, seriously, seriously. 
If my qualification was based on me, I can't preach like this. <laughs> I'm serious. Because by the world standards, this is unqualified. This is unqualified. These are unqualified. Why? Because these are the world standards. But the word standards says, I don't care if you got a pick in your hair. I don't care if you got a jersey on. I don't care what you preach in as long as you're modest. I got to put some clothes on, right? But, but because of your belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, you are qualified. Right? So y'all saying I can keep this in? My wife would say I'm unqualified. <laughs> she ain't here at all. She ain't here. All right. So, so, so I want you to think about this, right? The, the Father has qualified or made you fit, made you fit to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Guess what? You had nothing to do with it. You had nothing to do with it. So don't let the, the, one of the things about the church of Colossae was there was a great church, had faith, there was a young church, and there were people in the church telling them, Christ and. They were like, hey, yeah, Christ is enough, kind of, but you also have to, you also have to, and as a result, this heresy, it defeats, because if Christ, if me believing is not enough, then I got to figure out something to get the rest. Well, when have I done enough, Rashad? When have I prayed enough? When have I read enough? When have I served enough? When have I, when have I done enough? I don't know when I'm actually saved. I don't know when I'm qualified because you keep saying that there's more I have to do. Well, let me tell you, that can't happen here at Church on the Rock. You're qualified because you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, plain and simple. As a result of that belief, it should birth this obedience in you already. So I don't have to tell you to obey to be saved. I'm telling you because you're saved, obey. See the difference? I'm not walking to my salvation. I'm walking from my salvation. I'm not trying to earn my way to heaven. I'm in heaven and I'm walking out like I'm worthy of the Lord. This is what it means to be qualified, or as the Bible says, adequate. You got that 2 Corinthians for me, Leah? Give me the 2 Corinthians 3 real quick. I didn't use a cross-reference last one, but you guys are special. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Such confidence we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are adequate. That word adequate in the Greek is the exact same word as qualified that we're looking at today, okay? So the word that we just saw that said you're qualified, God has qualified us, the same word in the Greek right here. Not that we are adequate or qualified in ourselves to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our qualification or adequacy is from God. He goes on and he says, who also made us, uh, who, yeah, who also made us qualified or adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So what he's saying is the Old Testament and all of its necessity, that's the letter, that's the law. You need to go read the law. Why? So that you can realize that you on your own are unqualified. You're unqualified. If you go and look at the Old Testament and read it, you should come out saying, I'm not qualified. If I got to keep all 613 of these rules, these do's and these don'ts, and if I break one, I break all 613, then yeah, I'm not qualified. And I don't know about you, but I'm not qualified either. 
But when I look at the New Testament, when I look at the cross, when I look at the spirit that gives life, my, my qualification is not because of me, it's because of God. Amen? Amen. Stay with me, stay with me. So go back to Colossians 1.12 real quick. Colossians 1.12, he says, so we're giving thanks to the Father. Why? The Father has qualified or recognized us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Next verse. Then he goes on, he says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness. So my next point, we are completely rescued. So we're completely recognized, but we're also completely rescued. Now, in the Greek, going back to the verse, in the Greek, there's two types of rescue in the Greek, all right? There is one that is like this. Not, so, so uh, Bryce, do me a favor. Come here. <laughs> I got to use a new believer. All right, so you stand right there. That is Avon. That is the domain of darkness, okay? That is the bad place. This is Brownsburg. Y'all cheer. Y'all cheer. This is the kingdom over here. All right. Now, look, y'all real mad now, right? They, <laughs> petty, petty. All right, now look, look, look. So rescue. There's two ways to rescue. I don't have a rope. But you're going to play pretend with me, okay? We're going to have some fun. So if, I, if this is a tree and he's drowning in the pool of Avon or whatever you want to call it, right? If I, if I throw a rope, catch the rope, good catch. All right, if I throw a rope and, and I tie it to this tree, um, and then I say, all right, all right, Bryce, give me all you got, man. Just pull your way out. Pull your way out. Well, you're not supposed to move. No, no, go back. <laughs> Stay back. All right, all right. But the, the point is, here's one view of trying to rescue somebody. You throw the rope, catch it. He catches it. You tie it around a tree and say, pull your way out, and he doesn't have the strength to pull himself out, okay? He can't do it. He's under the domain, the, the power, the authority of darkness. Bryce cannot pull himself out. But this is how some people rescue people, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not getting in with you. Like, I'm going to tie it around this tree, and you have to get your way out by yourself, right? There's one way to, to save somebody. But this is the works-based way where you have to pull yourself out, and you have to figure it out on yourself and on your own strength. And I'm telling you, you cannot overcome the domain of darkness or the authority of darkness, the power of darkness. But here's the other way. Here's the way in the Greek that we're looking at. It says, for he, Christ, for Christ rescued us from the domain of darkness. And this rescue in the Greek is this. Give me your hand. He pulls us out. He pulls us out. You see the difference? You see the difference? You got one. Bryce, you go down there. I throw you the rope. Catch the rope. And you just pull, but you can't move. Pull. See? And <laughs> I love it. You pull, but you can't move because you don't have the power to overcame, overcome the domain of darkness. Domain is not a place. Okay, in the Greek, domain is authority and power. You don't have the power to overcome the power of darkness. Matter of fact, if we're being honest with ourselves, not only do you not have the power, you don't want to leave the domain of darkness on your own. On your own, you sitting over here, sit down real quick, sit down next to Megan. He's chilling. He likes it on his own. Left to himself, Romans 1, if I give you over to your own desires, this is what you want. You want to be over here. This is what you want. The gospel, when you hear the gospel message, because you know what? Before the gospel message, you don't even realize you're over here. You're just walking about life like, dude, it's, it's dope over here. <laughs> All the cool people are over here, right? You don't even realize it. <laughs> so, so what happens is you hear the gospel message. Hey, Bryce, I know it feels cool over there, but it's going to get real hot real quick. All right? I'm trying to tell you, bro, 
I know it's offensive because it's the gospel when I tell you that as a sinner, which is what you are and what all of us are, you're headed to hell. Oh, please don't use hell. That pushes people away. I'm trying to save this man. I can't be politically correct right now. All right? Bryce, it seems cool, but when it's all said and done, it won't be cool at all. There's a man, his name is Jesus. He died on that cross for you. And if you just believe in him as your Lord and Savior and, and, and believe that he overcame death, this is what he'll do for you. So Bryce believes, Christ takes him, and he rescues him. He pulls him out. You see that? And some of us were like, we, we start, pull back that way. You're kind of strong, so let me get you. All right, boom. So, sometimes we try to do this, but he pulls you out. He rescues you. Um, if you got any bruises, it's not my fault, okay? He's strong. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So, so he's rescued us from the domain of darkness. So that's just getting us out, right? But here's the key. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That word transferred there is to actually move from one place to another, right? So not only are we completely recognized, completely rescued, but we are completely relocated. If God pulls him out of the domain of darkness and leaves him right there, Bryce, you still got to figure out how to get here. And if you break one of my commandments, you're no longer worthy of being in my kingdom. You're unfit. So you can take yourself back over there. Don't. Stay. <laughs> so if all he does is rescue us, this is as far as he gets. He pulls us out the domain of darkness, and we're here, and even though you're neutral, you're not in the kingdom, and to not be in the kingdom is to be in hell. It's that simple. So he doesn't just rescue us. He actually relocates us into the kingdom. Sit down. You see this? You see the difference? He doesn't just pull you out. He actually pulls you in to the kingdom, and you didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. It was the cross. It was his work on the cross, the power of God. It was his love for you that not only rescued you out of the domain and power of darkness, but also inserted you into the kingdom of light. Now you can sing, I'm no longer a slave of fear and worry and anxiety, but I'm a child of God. You see this? And nobody over here has the right to look at anybody over here and look down on them because you ain't over there because of you. The moment you start getting on your little holy high horse and thinking that you put yourself in the kingdom is the moment you need to check if you're really in the kingdom. But think about this. You can go back to your seat. Thank you, Bryce. Everybody give it for Bryce. So think about this. Think about this. Why do we allow the world to tell us who we are? Huh? We got teenagers killing themselves because of what the world is telling them who they are. We got adults giving up on life because they've allowed the world to tell them what the dream is. The American dream is this body on Instagram that you may not ever attain. 
It's this house that you may never be able to afford. It's this car that you can't even drive a stick ship and you want the car, right? <laughs> because the world is telling you who you are. The world is telling you who you're supposed to aspire to be. The world is telling you what's good and what's bad. But what happens when you start letting the word tell you who you are? And the word says, you are completely recognized by the most high. Those things that have been created, yeah, he created the people who created them. The ones who are judging you, yeah, he'll judge the ones that are judging you. The ones who are dogging, like, the creator of the universe is for you, not against you. What happens when you believe that? Huh? What, what can they, teenagers, what can they tell you at school when you believe that the creator of the universe is your father? Huh? When you live in a life and you worried why your biological didn't want nothing to do with you, the only way you can overcome that with endurance, with patience, with joy, is by knowing that even when my biological didn't bother, I had another father in heaven who wanted me. You see what I'm saying? You see how this changes the brokenness of the world and what the world has to offer you? You see how when, they, when all the world wants to do is remind you of who you were, God says, read my word, get in fellowship with me so I can tell you who you are. The world's going to tell you every time you turn a corner, hey, you're still an adulterer. Hey, you're still a divorcee. Hey, you're still a sinner. You're still a this. You're still a that. Even people in the church will remind you of who you used to be. The pastor will preach some sermon called, hello, my name's hypocrite. Who does that? <laughs> but the Bible says you are completely recognized, completely rescued, completely relocated into his kingdom. You see why Paul says, I want you to have all spiritual wisdom and understanding? You see why he opened this section up with a prayer that says, I, Ryan, I need you to know I'm praying that your heart understands and grasps who you are in Christ so that when people come in the church and want to say something about you, say something about your wife, your mama, your kids, and all that good stuff, you can patiently endure it with joy and say, you can just keep on talking because you don't know my daddy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, so this is where... This is where the, the, the not being a slave to fear comes from. I, I'm not worried about what you got to say about me. I'm not worried about who walks in here and is like, this man is preaching in a mission. What? Kind of, I don't care. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not fearful of any of that. Why? Because you can't take away the fact that I have been relocated into the kingdom. I am a saint of the light. I have a share of the inheritance. Everything that Bible verse tells me is the reason I can get up here and preach faithfully, not worried about what y'all think. So final verse, final verse. He, so he goes on, and, he, and this, is where he, this is where he ends up. He goes to the next verse, and he says this. In Christ... The one who has rescued and relocated us, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we've been completely redeemed. That means we have been paid in 
full, um, not partially, but paid in full. So think about this. If you've been relocated to the kingdom, to the place of light, it's done. It's finished. You have to stop living this partially redeemed life because that's not a manner worthy of the Lord. Some of us, look at this. If this is our permanent home, why do we treat that like a summer house? Right? As soon as it gets a little cold over here, as soon as it gets a little chilly over here, things aren't going the way that we thought they would over here, we're like, you know what? We're going to fly to our summer home and we go back to this domain of darkness living because it's warm here. It's the wrong type of warm, I hate to tell you. But that's what we do, right? That's not a manner worthy of the Lord, but this is what happens. Uh, you see it in marriage all the time. I'm married. First two years are great. I love this. I'm all about my vows. Next three years, oh no, she's starting to get on my nerves. Five years after that, man, I'm, I'm going to start looking over here at these other summer homes because, you see what I'm saying? That's how it works. Or, or, or look at anything else. They, they say Christians are most on fire when they first believe, that first love. So I, I believe and I'm serving and I'm doing all these things. I'm on fire, I'm on fire. And then three years in, I hate church people. They get on my nerves. I ain't coming back to church. I ain't reading anymore. I ain't, and you slowly are just, and it's like, that's why he wants you to have that knowledge, that understanding, that wisdom, so that when you deal with the things you deal with after the honeymoon period, you can persevere. It starts by knowing that these, every, every point, the key word is completely. It's finished. Ain't that what he said on the cross? To Telestai. It is finished. He didn't say, I'm working on it still. <laughs> he said, it's done. It's complete. It's finished. So if you believe in me, you've been completely redeemed. He's not working on your redemption. You're redeemed. Yes, there is a process called sanctification. Big Bible word. It basically means that while you're still alive, he's, he's grooming you, right? But you're already his child. When, when I come from an adopted family. There's like 17 of us, right? And my, whoop, whoa, whoa. Yeah, all right. So I come from a family, there's like 17 of us. When we adopted my brother Dre, he had been in 23 foster homes when he came to us, right? So when he got into our house, my mama signed with the judge that said, he is Andre Cunningham. He is our child, right? You think Dre was a Cunningham by Cunningham standards the first day he walked in? Dre was smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, cussing at my mama and everything else from day one. Why? Because he came from this background of all these things that he had been influenced with. But because my mama signed on the dotted line, this child belongs to me, even while he was still cussing and fussing and drinking and smoking and all that good stuff, he was still her child. You, you understand that? And it took sanctification. It took living among the Cunningham family. It took living under the authority of my father and my mother for him to finally be groomed into what a Cunningham looks like. But the moment she signed on that dotted line, he was a Cunningham. You don't find comfort in that as you're struggling in your Christian walk? I'm sorry, but that's the only comfort I have. Christ signed on the dotted line. What is life? I believed in him. I believed in his life. I believed in his resurrection. So even as I fuss, cuss, 
stumble, mess up. The fact that I believe my faith in Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'm signed, sealed, and delivered. Right? Y'all must not listen to Stevie One. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all supposed to be like, I'm yours, right? No, no. All right, so look, we are completely redeemed, and then finally, we are completely released. Go back to that verse 14 for me. So not only do we have redemption paid in full, but we have the forgiveness or the release of the penalty of sin. We're released from our sins. You will still pay a consequence here on earth. So don't sit here and say, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. And since Rashad said I'm released from all penalties of sin, I'm going to go rob a bank. You will go to jail, okay? <laughs> you will be saved in jail. <laughs> All right? But from the eternal penalty of sin, your faith in Christ has released you from what was meant for you, hell. And that's what this, oh, this is kind of like, that's, that's what all this is about. Um, I can't come here, I can't come to church, and maybe you can, but I'm, I'm past the stage of coming to church just to get filled up with more and more knowledge, right? I need something that's going to help me when the world's breaking my back. I need something that's going to help me when the world is trying to come up against me and destroy who I am. I need something that's going to help me when I am fighting suicidal thoughts. And if you think because I'm a pastor, I haven't had to fight mentally with living versus giving up, You've lost your mind. There's a survey that went out that said 97% of ministry leaders have to battle at some point suicidal thoughts because of the weight that, puts on, that gets put on their shoulders. Why? Because they're worried about what the world says. 97% are fighting some kind of mental thoughts, bad thoughts, because they're worried about what the world thinks about them. And these are the guys who are preaching the word. So even I have to go back constantly and remind myself of what God says I am, not what the world says I am. This is where I'm asking you to be with us this morning and, and going forward. You guys can get ready to come up. Thank you. Check this out. Take a moment before we stand up. What has the world called you lately? Hmm? Just take a moment. What has the world called you lately? Now, now, get ready for this part. What have you called yourself lately? Because what you'll find is a lot of times the heresy that's going on in your mind, the false teaching going on in your mind about who you are, you're going to find that majority of the time it's you. It's you still calling you that. The world may have said it 10 years ago when you made that mistake, but 10 years later, you're still stuck in reminding yourself of what the world called you back then. I'm asking you to take a moment before we stand up and think about that. Who told you you weren't qualified? You, God? God didn't tell you that. Who told you that you weren't released? That you weren't relocated? Who, who told you that? Who told you that you were not a good mother or a good father? Who told you that you're a bad husband, not worthy of your wife, or a wife not worthy of your husband? 
Who told you that you can't preach and teach to these kids? Who told you you're not worthy of the kingdom? When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, all that noise goes out the door. There's only one perspective that matters. There's only one judgment and opinion that matters. His name is God. And he said, in my son, you are qualified. I recognize you. I redeemed you. I've relocated you. I've rescued you. I've released you. I'm asking you to be released this morning. Whatever the world has told you about yourself this morning, I'm asking you to release it. Release it in Christ. So as we get ready to sing this song, sing it from a place where you believe that as you believe in Christ, he believes in you and tells you you are mine. You are a child of mine. Stand up and let's sing together.
this one of those ones you don't want you don't want the singing to stop. You don't want to sing. We might do that one more time, Todd, when I'm done here. You know, just, just work with me. Um, closing thoughts right here. Um, in my father's house is a place for me. I've, you guys have heard this before. There's so many times in my life where I had no place. I've been homeless. I've been in cars and on the streets and all that good stuff. I didn't have a place. And, and, and man, if I would have known Christ back then, even then, even in my bad decisions that led me to those, those, those not having a home, I would have known there's a place for me, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have con- contemplated suicide, all right? Um, um, I love the words. They say, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Um, it never says I am broken. <laughs> and, and this is kind of what we do, right? We, we, we got this humble way of going, hey, we're the broken people of broken. And from a human perspective, I get that. But spiritually, God looks at you and says, if you believed in that death on the cross, then it's completed. You're not broken. You're complete. You're complete. So I'm praying this message, these words to this song that when you're singing it, you realize that in Christ, it doesn't matter what the world says. It only matters what the Word says, and the Word says that you are complete. I know what it feels like to be called all kinds of things, to be the outcast of society. I know what it feels like to walk into a church for the first time and feel like you shouldn't be there because it looks like everybody's looking at you some type of way. But I promise you, if you have put your faith in Christ, and we're asking you to do that this morning if you haven't, it doesn't matter what these faces say about you. It only matters what his face says about you. And he says you're complete. So ignore the faces, ignore the world, ignore the people. Focus on Christ and know he died so that you could have that peace. He died so that you could have that completion to you. And, it's, and, and when you have it, when you have it, the joy will never leave. Why? Because no matter what the world does or brings your way, you're guaranteed that in the end you will be in the presence of the most high, the most glorious place to be, complete. Amen? So let's bow our heads. And then, Ty, if you don't mind, just going back to the, the just do that little last part one more time. If y'all don't mind, I know I might be running into y'all lunchtime. I'm sorry. But when you feel the spirit, I mean, you got to sing. So we just do that little refrain one more time because I want to, I guess. I, I think God wants to. I think y'all want to, right? Right? And then we'll dismiss. Um, so let's bow our heads real quick and pray. Father, we thank you for being our completion. We thank you for telling us that we are a child of yours when the world says that we're nothing. Father, the cross says that the cross says that salvation is completed. The world tried to say that salvation was defeated. Father, I'm sitting here just looking at my church family, bowed heads, tears, people actually hearing from you, actually having your wisdom given to them actually having their, your, your, your knowledge of your will being filled up in them, and I'm starting to see a release. I'm starting to see people actually believe, Father, that in you and in your Son, they are complete. I'm seeing, I'm seeing souls that were baptized just a while ago who are now walking in even more confidence already. Father, I'm asking, I'm asking that you give that to all of us in this room, that we may leave out of here saying, I am exactly 
who you say I am. Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice right now who does not know you, may they give into you now. May they want that completion that you provide right now. And Father, those who know you, those who have that relationship with you, may they be more bolder than ever, Father, because they know that no matter how much they mess up, no matter how much the world reminds them of who they used to be, in Christ I am a new creation. The old things have passed away, the new things have come, and that new thing is sharing in the inheritance of your light. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for completing me. It is in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's sing one more time. Sing, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for This podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock, building his body, breaking our barriers. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.